what's up everyone we're back with the second episode this week waivers matchups rankings packed episode um we have a first time guest on the pod with us uh he i i think I, maybe david's up there too but i i i would think you are tied for the most championship appearances never won one but tied and that is one gary hargrove how are you doing sir Man, I am doing all right. I had a call out sick today from work just so I can make sure that I'm re- ready for all this. So, <laughs> locked and loaded. Appreciate the intro. I honestly forgot that I you know, had made it to the finals. It's been some uh, dark, dark years. Yeah, place, I mean, but... it, it's you're basically, I don't even want to call you the Chiefs, but it, it's maybe like the Bills. Like, you, you were oh. good, like, way, way back when, but you have nothing to show for it, and you haven't been good since. So, yeah, I guess oh, the man. Bills w- would work. Um, I mean, I'll bring the mafia mentality <laughs> all day, every day when you disagree with me. So, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll embrace that. All right. Well, speaking of mafia mentality, that's a perfect segue into something I wanted to talk about with you. And I kind of told you about uh, when I knew you were coming on. On the last episode, you were the first member of the league to get the official Dun Chain of the year. There will be more, but that first one is always a big deal. Obviously not a great start. Uh, I mean, there's plenty. I can go on and on and on. But I, you mean, got, I would, I would you, wish you, you, wrap, you can wrap that up. You can wrap that up. Um, you got officially unchained. So is there any defense you want to uh, use this platform to uh, give in order to dispute uh, said Dunchain? Oh, I mean, team's definitely not done. If you know anything about this team, you know that we live and breathe by Saquon, and he's out here already doing cuts, already doing drills, saying I'm coming back, not for the Giants, but for Gary's fantasy team. So to say I'm done, definitely not. We've got a flat tire in the first mile of a road trip. I'll admit that, flat tire. But, you know, we changed that bad boy. Um, you know, we're coming back strong. We're going to come back strong. So it sucks because it's from Ryan who – you know, has been killing it this year. So kind of a, you know, kind of a legit done chain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely not a legit done chain. Just the person who says it is, you know, near and dear to, you know, my heart in terms of just kicking ass at this um, fantasy <laughs> football thing. So, but he's wrong. Yeah. The other I mean... day he's wrong. We're cream in the seventh. You know, we live on to see another day. You said changing a tire. Yeah, you went from like a premier Michelin man tire to like a Lego wheel in fucking Jamal Williams. So I mean, you pay for. We'll see how far you get on. (laughs) No, no. We'll see how far you can get on your road trip. Like I'm going to Enterprise. Shout out Jack. I'm asking for a Tesla. They're telling me I'm going to get a Tesla, and then the moment I sit in that Tesla. Right. Oh wait, sir. No, we got a Toyota Corolla for you. Super reliable. Just say, oh wait, not Toyota reliable. Corolla. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's it's I, not I not even a new one. It's like a there. 2012 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling up the windows by hand. You know. Yeah. But like it and just pushing it with my feet. <laughs> they threw a black ice air freshener to cover up the stench of someone <laughs> being murdered in there. <laughs> oh, black ice is definitely the best um, little tree. Center is. <laughs> they it's gotta like make being it valuable. Uber black. And that's the only difference. 
<laughs> you get black light air, air sense in the car. Oh man. Oh man. Well, Gary, uh, I wish you the best of luck in, uh, disputing this done chain, but, uh, based on these rankings that we're about to roll out, um, I would say they agree with giving you the done chain. No, 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 no. Um, actually before we get into the rankings, I should probably, uh, just tell you guys something. So, as for those of you who have been on the show before and have done the rankings, you know, I ask you for your rankings. I do the math, do consensus rankings. That way it's not just me. It's a, a group effort into ranking these teams. And so far, I mean, everyone's just done the rankings really quick. Some people give reasons. Some people don't. Either way, it's fine. I don't care too much about it. But let me tell you what Gary did. <laughs> I tell Gary. Next level. Well, well, first off, Gary asked me on like Monday or whatever it was, like what he needs to do. Is there any prep he needs to do? Blah, 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 blah. So I tell him, just do your rankings. And then I tell him what we're doing this episode, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I right, bet. Today, this guy's like, what's your email? I was like, uh, so I gave him my email. I get this motherfucking Excel spreadsheet. And let me just tell you some of the categories that this guy has. All right. So he has his rank. The record, the team obviously, points for, points against, games scoring over 150, games over 125, guys over 30, like who are ranked 30 or above, guys over 20, projected 10 plus points, how many players you currently have injured and whether or not they're valuable or not. That's Q- huge, top, that's huge right there. <laughs> top five QB, <laughs> running backs, I, wait, what is 18 plus games? So 18 points. Um, okay. Uh, how, so many, have how many games they've had 18 plus. Okay. Wide receivers plus T. What is TES? Uh, oh, tight ends. Sorry about that. Oh, tight ends. Yeah. Tight end. With 20 point games, tight ends in the top 10, defense plus kicker, 10 plus points on average, and then his notes. That was the full ass spreadsheet. He highlighted. Not only did he do points for and points against, he ranked them so he knows who scored the most points, who scored the least points, everything in between for points for and points against. It is by far the most prepared I've seen any, even more than myself, by far the most prepared <laughs> I have ever seen anyone in the history of this league be for rankings that are completely subjective. <laughs> but if there was ever a rankings that was not subjective, that was per- merely purely based on fact this is it and it is courtesy of gary motherfucking hargrove so <laughs> let's I mean, get can in I just say one thing yeah yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. before we start you know people just think that i'm all smoke but there's numbers behind you know there's numbers behind what i'm saying out here you know cream in the seventh will rise again and i'm gonna tell you guys why are you gonna tell us why or okay oh, well, i thought we were uh, well, I mean, <laughs> in a second, I'll tell you guys why. <laughs> well, the second is now because we move to our number 12 ranking, and that is Gary. Still another loss. Um, I'm not going to steal your thunder. You did the work. I'm going to let you take the reins on this. Uh, but we both had you ranked 12, so it kind of seems yep. fitting. But uh, where do you see yourself in the current landscape, and how do you see yourself uh, optimistically? Well, currently, you know, I got to be real with myself. Definitely is looking like a rough team right now. You build your your team up to, you know, 
these huge standards and then you get devastatingly crushed by injuries across the board. Um, you get crushed by you had just one bad injury. beats. No, not just one injury. <laughs> I'm talking about All right, Tevin, you know, Coleman. Tevin Coleman go out first. One and a half. Barkley's out now. One and a half. Drew Brees affects uh, Michael Thomas. Not to the extent <laughs> that it really like matters. I'm not going to go into that point. He's still been balling. He's still been balling. But when you look at teams at the bottom, which we'll get into, the teams that are right there with me are in the same boat. We got one workhorse that's you know, really pushing us through, whether it's Cook, CMC, and I'm Saquon Barkley's, you know, bandwagon there. But, um, you know, you go deeper in here into these numbers, and I'm projecting forward. I'm not going to be last, obviously. You're going to get Saquon back in a week because he just, you know, cures, uh, heals himself like Wolverine or something. But um, Dak's also going to have another top five fantasy year, whether he's getting paid or not. The wide receiver group and signing group that I have is nothing to be slept on, whether it's Michael Thomas, Ingram, Sanders, A-Rob. I'm purposely not going to mention Sammy Watkins because he crushed crushed my hopes and dreams after not putting <laughs> up more than 10 points after the first week. So um, that's been brutal. But the one thing that I will say is out of everybody uh, points scored against, I'm third. I'm the, I'm the third most points scored against me, which sometimes it's a big week. Sometimes it's just, you know, quality depth that the other team has. But that's what you'll also see is different about my team versus anybody else that's kind of in this bottom half ranking is people are just putting up points against me. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, this is the current week power ranking, so i got to put myself and be honest and say it's 12th, yes. No Barkley, there's no way you could be any higher um, when you put so much effort into him being your number, number one overall pick. So it is what it is now, folks, but don't worry. I'll be back in three, four weeks, and I'll be looking at myself nice and pretty at like six. And then I mean, Green Hunt comes back. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you didn't, even, back. you didn't even mention. <laughs> like, you guys are sleeping on this team, comatose on this team. Comatose. You've got to see the trajectory that we're working with. I mean, I finally have Tevin Coleman back, who was, like, my fourth round uh, pick. lifesaver for sure. I mean, a guy who I can say will put up 10. You, you got your boy <laughs> out here starting Jamal Williams. You know, Peyton Barber. Like, I need my, I'm still not running back, I know. And, of course, the one spot I'm super thin at is the one that gets hurt. So, <laughs> so I win mean, them all. But you, I'll come back and win them all. <laughs> you, you covered it pretty well. Um, I'll just say, as far as your receivers go, you have good receivers, but none of them um, are necessarily boom wide receivers. Michael Thomas could be if he had Drew Brees, but without Brees, he's just that consistent guy. Yeah. Um, so you just have consistent wide receivers, which is not a bad thing whatsoever. But like, if your wide receivers put up ten, that's like you'll take it. But it's also only thirty points if you start a wide receiver in your flex, and that's not exactly boom potential. That's not weak winning uh, material. Um, so yeah, definitely hurting you there. And obviously, like you have no running backs. Um, just quickly, let's wrap up on you. But how does it feel that you're going to waste your one season with Saquon? I'm not going to waste it because, like I said, <laughs> homeboy's talking like he's coming back this week. But he's like, no, no, I'm going to simmer down. I'm going to come back week, what is it, week six versus the Pats. Just oh, tear him yeah. apart. Because that's, we'll that's the matchup lose, you want to come up against. <laughs> I'm just saying that they smack around the Dolphins and the Jets and everybody thinks that they're the 85 Bears. They're not. They're not even the 2019 Bears. 
So we're good there. He'll tear him up. We'll still lose, but he'll put up 25 points, which I haven't been getting thus far this season. Um, Tevin Coleman, again, a guy who I can at least, you know, believe in for 10 points a game, which I wasn't getting before. And all in all, I'm not, it's still in the bottom half, but I've put up the eighth most points. So we're talking five, four other teams are below me in points this year. So sometimes it's bad beats, like I said, having the third most points scored against me. Sometimes it's injuries. Sometimes it's a mix of both. But <laughs> start from and... the bottom, we'll get there. oh man when you're begging for a running back just to score 10 i don't think your team deserves to be much higher than 12 so i mean you got the number one tight end who's only going to get better with d jones at the helm you got drew Brees will be coming back this year you got you know my team sanders and a rob can be a wide receiver two in a flex play i just need to get over that sammy Watkins was a one-week wonder and just take him out of the lineup, but I'm too scared. <laughs> I'll have another 50-point game, and I'll cry. Oh, man. Well, that was the longest uh, speech <laughs> for a 12th place team <laughs> in history. I mean, that's why I'm here, um, just so you guys can get a good piece. Get a good piece. <laughs> it's all this podcast is about, baby. All right, so we'll kind of uh, breeze through these next ones just because, like right. I said, we do have a, a – a, a long podcast for you so we want to get through everything so uh 11 10 9 in order coming in at number 11 we do have nate uh him or well let me let me just say the rankings 11 nate 10 josh wag and nine oh wait excuse me 10 christian and nine josh wag um they it was essentially a tie between gary and myself um they all came in at 10 overall, but tiebreaker is first wins. And then after that, it's points four. So wag just right. narrowly ahead. Um, so Nate got his first win this week. It was by point seven over Eftis, but the, the trades he made paid off selling on Odell. Uh, John Ross is now on IR, so I don't know if he'll be playing again this season, but he did get Derrick Henry, which is a big thing he needed. He had the wide receiver depth to kind of survive Odell. Uh, and, of course, as soon as he trades Odell, Odell has, like, two down weeks, especially for Odell standards. Um, so, time. yeah, exactly. Um, is Nate's win uh, kind of the start of something, or do you kind of see him as a bottom-tier team going forward? Um, yeah, I mean, from an offense standpoint, it's kind of hard to judge because he did have those trades. So, I mean, right now he's has the second to last point scored in the league. But, you know, again, another number that should be talked about is points against, and he's got the fourth highest. So, I mean, he's getting beat each week, but he's not putting up points as much as you would hope and expect. Um, I, I think it's just hard to gauge. I think it helps that John Ross might be out because it gives a little clarity to who each and every week you should start because right now he has the ninth, 11th, 12th, and 15th ranked wide receivers. So, you know, pushing one out might make it a little bit easier to consistently um, find the right fit, find the right matchups for yourself, hopefully. But I still think he'll be here for a while. Yep. Um, that's a good point about John Ross. That's a nice spin zone, nice silver lining uh, to an injury or losing a guy that you just traded for for the majority of the year, if not the whole year. Um, so number 10, Christian. Obviously, it was a hot start. The feel-good story, 2-0. Since then, 0-2, um, not putting up points. Through colors. Uh, <laughs> last, showing out. 
last in the league in points for um, two very down weeks. It's um, what's crazy is I'm going to, I am going to steal your thunder here. Christian is last in points for, but he's also had the fewest points scored against him. So, I mean, take that for what it is. He's had the easiest schedule through four weeks, but he's also put up the fewest amount of points. So, I mean, I guess that's a perfect explanation for why he's two and two. Um, but with Christian's team in general, I mean, it you can only be optimistic, really, because he got two right. went two and two through four weeks, which is a perfect place to be, or you're content with that if you know at week five you're going to get Melvin Gordon back and possibly Tyreek Hill and even possibly Deshaun Jackson, who we haven't seen yep. since his huge game week one. You can only be optimistic about it, right? Oh, 100% agree. I mean, he'll definitely be moving up in the, the power rankings as the weeks um, go on because, like I mentioned before, the people that I kind of put towards the bottom are ones that, to this point, have been really ride or die by their workhorse back. He's had Delvin Cook, who's been absolutely monster, um, which you know helps out when, yes, he's missed Tyreek Hill, he's missed D-Jack. Um, so I'd probably say injury bugs have hit him as well. Um, which have been tough. He's getting Melvin back probably earlier than I would have expected. Um, For sure. But I do think that uh, Baker as his quarterback, I think Baker will turn the, the corner um, and get a little bit better. But, I mean, my ceiling isn't as high this year as I would have thought it would be. So, don't know how high you can go without, like, a um, real premier quarterback. But he's got great skill players coming back that could, you know, overcome that still. Right. Um, the thing with Baker is he needs to – uh, for fantasy purposes, uh, at least develop into like a Matt Ryan or even like how Jared Goff is this year. Like if you're going to turn mm-hmm. the ball over, that's fine, but you got to make up for it with a shit ton of yards and touchdowns. Um, right, right now he's turning the ball over a lot, but he's not scoring um, a lot of touchdowns. He had close to 400 yards this week, which is great, but only one touchdown and uh, I think one or two picks obviously doesn't do anything for you. Um, so yeah, I would say that's a big X factor. Baker's definitely disappointed to this point, but he, along with the guys we just mentioned can definitely turn Christian season around. So I I would agree. It's probably just a, a temporary stopping point at uh, number 10 and for Christian in the rankings. And it's only up from here. Um, number nine though, coming out of the draft, I loved his team more than mine. And I was pretty content with my draft, especially with all the trades and hindsight and all that. But I loved WAG's team coming out of the draft. And since then, it has looked anything but uh, a sure thing. Um, Obviously, Damian Williams going down, um, trading Devin Singletary, who had a bunch of upside. Yeah, it looked like it worked out for Julian Edelman. Stefan Diggs has been way up and down there's just a lot more question marks than we realized. Um, so do you think WAG can survive this or is it going to be a rough road? Um, I mean, for me, like I'd mentioned, you know, myself and um, Christian, I see moving up. WAG is somebody that I think will kind of be in this lower tier, um, at least until some players can really like show out that they're going to be consistent 15, 20 point players. I mean, he's, he's had some good games from a number of different people, but um, I look at his team and I'm struggle to figure out like who really the second best person on this team is, who really the third best team. And at the end of the day, you got to have that top tier talent. Um, like, I don't know if you have his roster pulled up, like 
second best player might be Tom Brady. And yeah, or and whoever he's is very that and that's dependent. not a good sign. That's not a good sign if you know your yeah. best court, or your be, your second best player is somebody like that. So CMC has been keeping them afloat, you know, getting them those wins so far. But uh, I don't think I see a lot of upside in this team right now because Dame Williams is going to be sharing the backfield. Diggs has Cousins as his quarterback. You know, not really seeing a lot of uh, optimism there for him. Yeah, like. One person I absolutely love is Josh Jacobs, but he might be a better running back than he is a fantasy running back. That's not exactly a high-powered offense, and because he's nope. touchdowns are king, like you won't be a top running back or a top uh, player at the position if you're not scoring. Um, so Josh Jacobs can get all the yards, then even if he gets more involved in the passing game, great. But if he's not scoring touchdowns, then it doesn't really matter. He's not going to give you much uh, more than an RB2 status. So hard to win uh, with that. But like Christian, Wag is kind of in that weird, it explains why he's 2-2. and Yeah. I mean, 10th in points for, 11th in points against. I guess that explains why he's 2-2. and But not exactly optimism uh, right. to be had there. Um, so One next thing three... I will say before we move oh, on no, no, to go, the next three real ahead. quick, um, it's funny because you look at the parallels between Christian team, like we had mentioned, and WAGs. Both of those teams are the only teams that have only scored over 125 one time this year, which, I mean, goes to show, obviously, with points that they're putting up. But, you know, it's just crazy because Christian has three guys coming back that should all be instant starters, whereas right. WAGs, it's like you, you don't have anybody coming back. So who's really yeah. going to save the team there? Yeah, as far as upside uh, for the four teams we just mentioned, it's uh, Christian by a long shot. Even with you yeah. having Saquon coming back and uh, Nate having more clarity and whatnot, it, it's easily Christian just because of the names and the uh, potential his team has. So uh, we will see how those four shake up going forward. But next three, uh, number eight, we have Joel. Number seven, we have Ben Lamb. And number six, we have Jack. Uh, a lot to talk about with each of these teams, but we'll start mm-hmm. at the where uh, the rankings left off, number eight with Joel. 0-2 to start. It looked like it was going to be a long, long season for him. Um, he pulls out a win against Christian uh, two weeks ago for his first win, and then a very convincing win this week put up the most points of the week um, to get him back to 2-2, two and two, second place in his division, um, which obviously is a playoff spot. So with Joel, um, can his current roster survive and was the first two weeks a fluke or is it really a case of the most recent two weeks are a fluke? Yeah. So I, Joel's was an interesting team. So I was trying to break it down. Cause like you said, you know, him, Jack and Ben lamb, they're kind of in the middle of the pack of like both points scored kind of were uh, points scored against them. So kind of got to take a deeper dive there. Um, but one thing that I found interesting was his defense and kicker are averaging combined 23 um, points per game, which would rank, I believe, third. Yeah, so third right now. So he's depending a lot on that defense and kicker, which, as we know, can be you know fluky. A great defense can get you negative one in our league. You know, a, a good kicker could just not kick the ball one one week so um that's mm-hmm. kind of what makes me feel like not as optimistic about his team i mean mixon you know first or second round pick very underwhelming don't see any like turnaround in sight josh gordon underwhelming maybe he has some games where he does well 
Waller's been a size for him, um, but you just pray you don't have to actually dig into that bench because if you haven't seen his bench, it's you know, not a pretty sight either. Yeah, it is rough. Um, that's a great point. Joel probably just as much as any team, if not the most, is relying on the non-premier positions for valuable fantasy points. Um, Are we talking defense? Kick yeah, Bears D, obviously a great defense to have. You're not going to right. – they're pretty much an every-week start as as far as – as most as you can get for a defense. Um, number two in fantasy points, that's great. Darren Wall, or like you said, number five among tight ends. Chris Boswell uh, is his current kicker. He had 14 last week – or excuse me, 10 last week. Yeah, 10 last week, uh, 14th ring kicker. But obviously, like you said, it's it just depends on how the offense is moving and basically if they get stopped in the red zone. Um, so he's relying a lot on his non-premier uh, positions. But if you look at his premier positions, Marlon Mack only 3.9 points last week. And Don't look hurt. at him. Don't look at the premier one. <laughs> Keep your eye on the Detroit. Uh, I mean, sorry, the Chicago Bears. Marlon Max hurt only 3.9. Devonta Adams finally had a big game last week, but he's hurt now. He doesn't look like he's going to play. Josh Gordon's questionable. He's a very much boom bust candidate at this point. Tough matchup last week, so we'll have to see if he can rebound. A uh, great one matchup for him to rebound say, against. Go ahead. One thing that I will say about his team is like he's got you know a sleeper guy in AJ Green, who I think if he was not on the Bengals right now would be playing, and I think he won't be on the Bengals for much longer and will be playing eventually. Um, I think I'm, I'm believing all the hype that he wants a new deal. He's like, I'm, if I'm going to say to you guys, I'm going to like, you know, be the opposite of Saquon and I'm going to come back whenever I, you know, damn well please. So I think if right. he could get traded, um, that might be something that helps his team. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. So sure. Ramsey was going to get traded three weeks ago, but nope. <laughs> That's a good, uh, like, NFL point to talk about is that, uh, the Giants, obviously, with Danny Dimes, they're showing signs of life. It's a shot in the arm that mm-hmm. they, they needed. It was clearly the right choice after mm-hmm. no that that they're not cocaine, doing it. Shot of that heroin. <laughs> we are on that good stuff right now, Sam. <laughs> Don't you think anything else about Danny Dimes. He's that good dope right now and all but around New York City. Point being, point being, uh, that makes a guy like Saquon want to come back because he wants to obviously be a part of it. AJ Green, obviously, you finally get rid of Marvin Lewis after all these years. Zach Taylor is like, uh, they're trying to make the new Sean McVay, blah, blah, blah. It's not working out 0-4. So what is, like you said, what is the point for him to rush back and put his body at risk even more so? And, I mean, AJ Green's been there and done that. Saquon's young and still hungry, obviously. But AJ Green's been there, done that. He's been to the playoffs with no nothing to show for it. He's put his body through hell um so yeah he's holding out for a new deal for that security and he's yep. not really rushing back for the Bengals. so we'll yep. see if he gets traded if he gets traded no matter where he goes he has huge value because i truly believe aj right. green's still a top tier talent at the wide receiver position it's just andy dalton's his quarterback and he's basically been right. good off of volume um but he has right. talent to even go to the next if, level so if we'll nothing see. else he's 15 points a game in fantasy, whereas right now he's zero and he was drafted 66 overall. Right, <laughs> right. So. Um, for the record, uh, Gary and I both had Joel eighth, so pretty consistent. Um, we'll see if he can keep it going. Winning. No, De- no Devonta Adams this week is kind of a big deal, and possibly no Marlon. 
Mac. So, like you said, if he has to dive into that bench, it might not be pretty. Um, number seven, though, Ben Lamb. <laughs> number seven, Ben Lamb. Talk about a wild season. Um, obviously, not the start he wanted to get off to, so he made um, pretty ballsy trades that we talked about, um, trading uh, Fournette in exchange for Antonio Brown and trading Edelman in exchange mm. for Devin Singletary. Huge upside trades. Neither of them paid off. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say. Yikes. But regardless, Ben Lamb is not dead. He is certainly not dead. Godwin, I personally, we, we did a segment last week where it's hand up, you're wrong on a guy. I did not want to include Godwin because I still didn't believe in him. After this past week, I I probably have to put him in that category. He's kind of forced my hand in that regard um, mm-hmm. because Godwin looks like the real fucking deal. I think he's wide receiver five on the year. I'm, I have to double check that. Yeah. Um, but Ben is uh, being carried by his receivers, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, uh, when I won two years ago, I was definitely carried by my receivers. And um, I mean, Tucker was carried by Mahomes last year, but being carried by your receivers is not a bad thing. If you're, if your receivers are that good that can carry your team, then that's a viable option to winning. And right now that's how Ben is surviving. Uh, made a big yep. trade this week in exchange for Lev Bell and um, uh, Odell. So huge upside there. Um, really shaking up his team, doing what he can to improve his chances. We had him on the show on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whenever the show dropped. I'm losing track of days. But, Gary, what are your thoughts on Ben Lamb's team? Because maybe not the start. The, the, the start he got off to, even through three weeks, three, four weeks, doesn't necessarily project him going forward. His team's a lot different now. Right. Um, and he's definitely somebody where, you know, if you look at that trajectory, um, he's going to be somebody who you're looking up at. You know, great trade, I think, with Le'Veon Bell. Um, because when I was looking at his team, one thing that I really liked was, if you're going to construct, you know, that championship team, you have you think your quarterback and then three skill players, and he's got a really good big four. If you look at that with Jameis, who is slinging it out there, and you know the way our league works is like if you got a quarterback that's at least willing to sling it, get three touchdowns and three interceptions, well, you know he's still going to put up big points that week. So Jameis is good. Um, Lev Bell is only going to get better as Darnold eventually stops making out with broads out there in NYC. Um, Godwin, I'm, I'm, on, <laughs> Godwin, I'm on the same train as you. You know, I'm definitely believing in that hype there. Um, I mean, my boy OBJ, not a good week, not a good week um, for him <laughs> out there on the field and on the field, um, getting choked out. Not a good look, but at least he looked cute in his Richard Milley while he was getting choked out. So, <laughs> but I like his big four. I like his big four there. I mean, it's tight end that was trash. Yeah. I don't even know who it is. I didn't even put it down because. It was that bad. Um, and his bench, again, I mean, we're a 12-team league, so the bench is going to be tough to keep stacked. But you're looking at the Bills running back core and Will Fuller. So somebody gets hurt, it's kind of still hard to project once Singletary gets back who you're putting in if you need to play one of those guys. Right. Um, but definitely still upside to be had with Ben Lamb. and mm-hmm. Like the trade, uh, I, like the trade. I, yeah, the trade is great, and I do like Philip Dorsett. Uh, I think he honestly is better than Josh Gordon at season's end. Um, so, Ooh, I, I, my I sleep do, on Philip, my sleep. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, it was a tough matchup against the Bills, and the Bills' defense is legit. Um, 
and so you didn't really get what you would normally get out of the Patriots' uh, offensive uh, weapons. But mm-hmm. going forward, I think Dorsett is a viable starter with wide re- wide receiver two uh, upside. So. Good for Ben yeah. Lamb, a lot of upside. Uh, but number six, we have Jack, another guy who, after the draft, I was like, fuck. I mean, that's a very good draft. We had him ranked one for a couple weeks. But through four weeks, it is just not materialized for him. He's one and three. Uh, it came down to Monday night this past week, but Ryan pulled it out uh, with the defense of all things. Um, so Jack drops a one and three. A lot of question marks, a lot of wrong decisions that he's made. Um through four weeks so gary do you think jack's team is good enough because obviously he has a good team and just hasn't materialized is his team good enough as is to turn the ship around or does something need to happen yeah i mean i look at his guys and i think that you know um you can create a situation where you know winch is healthy all year and is swinging it like he has been you can create a situation where his three running backs that he has are true workhorses, carry on Zeke and Ingram, like they're going to get the ball, you know, on that one yard line or within the five yard line, like their teams aren't going to pull any nonsense where they're throwing on, you know, on the two yard line, they're getting that, those touchdowns, which I think it's kind of what's been missing. You haven't seen as many touchdowns from those three where they're not as much catchers um, out of the backfield as say some other running backs, they can do it, but they're not, you know, that's not kind of what you're, they're known for. Um, so they need to get more touchdowns, but if they do, they can be really good. Um, but the situation with the receiving core is where I'm worried because I don't see as much, um, you know, high ceiling with those guys, Thielen, Woods, right. and Shepard. I think it's just more about, you know, quarterback for Thielen, um, Robert Woods. It's Now that Cup's back, like he's not the favorite guy anymore, or he was kind of the only guy last year. Um, and Shepard, I mean, I'm higher on, but. Daniel Jones is still going to have games where he has 150 yards passing and, you know, maybe one touchdown. So hard to really see him being a 20-point-per-game guy. So I think the running backs, though, are kind of the make or break for him. Um, If they can start getting real goal line work and um, touchdowns, could see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, Mark Ingram had that huge game against the Chiefs uh, last week uh, or a week before last, I should say. But it's like with Zeke and carry on in particular like they're great running backs any team would be lucky to have them but those like boom weeks just haven't happened yet they're definitely capable of it and they definitely will come eventually they just haven't happened yet and that's why one thing that i did see is where he's at oh yeah one thing that i did see though and what's kind of been tough for him i know we've been talking about points for points against he's somebody who you know despite what we're kind of saying about you know the team that he has, he's still put up the fifth most points in the league so far. So at one and three, you're kind of like scratching your head like, all right, just bad beats you'd have to assume. You know, he hasn't had any games where he's been over 150 um, points, but he's had uh, two games where he's been at 145. Yep, yeah, which on any given week should be enough to get you the win, but um, right. he, he's, he's had some bad beats. Um, but for the record, I had Jack fifth and Gary had him sixth, so pretty consistent. Um, honestly, your and mine, my rankings are uh, pretty similar, so a lot of the rankings... You took uh, a look at my cookbook, that's why. <laughs> well, it's hard to argue. There's so many the fucking stats. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so moving on to the next three. Number five, we have Eftis. Number four, we have Tucker. And number three, we have myself. Um, so start with Eftis. Coming in at number five, um, a very interesting start to the season uh, after the infamous trade, uh, trading away Keenan Allen, Chris Carson. This team is definitely up in the air with the AB saga. And uh, obviously with Austin Eckler being the number one running back, you, you'll take that, but you always knew Melvin Gordon was uh, looming over that production and would inevitably at some point um, take that away from you, uh, you being Eftis. So now that that's here, Brown is gone. He salvaged it with Fournette, but uh, Gordon's back. So Eckler's for all intents and purposes gone. Um, Eftis is still putting up points, but his outlook doesn't look, so great. So what do you think about him? Yeah. Um, so, and I'm still a huge, huge believer in um, Ben's team. I actually had him ranked fourth. Um, going back to that, you know, points that we talked about, fourth um, highest points put out, and he has the second highest um, points against. Um, mm-hmm. But each week he's put up uh, over 125 points. Um, I know the Eckler thing is going to come in and, you know, maybe hurt him a little bit from that standpoint, but I feel, still think that Eckler's a flex play, you know, a very strong flex play each and every week. Um, I think he's earned a spot at, you know, um, on the field for that team. So um, I like him from that standpoint. Um, you know, I honestly wanted to make him, I guess, high as third, but, you know, at one and three, like, that's still kind of hard for me in my mind to just see somebody um, that high. But, you know, I think he's extremely uh, – big like extremely large amount of depth at both running back and wide receiver so he's secure for trades or injury um so i like that look at his team a lot yeah um i don't know maybe this is the the one that we disagree on i i don't like his outlook uh maybe i'm just buying into the melvin gordon return and the fact that he's going to be relying on devonta freeman who is anything but reliable and Fournette's been great off volume, but he is injury prone. So that kind of concerns me as well. Um, and that's on top of the Austin Eckler thing. So yeah. I, I, I just lost my mic Did there. You fall? Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, my mic's on a stand. <laughs> <laughs> my mic's on a stand and uh, I like knocked it over. So that's my bad. Um okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't like the outlook of Aftis's team. I think uh, it's in for if, if having Eckler, the reason I drafted him is if he could win you um, like, I don't know, 80% of your games until Gordon got back, like obviously he would take right. it. Right. Eckler's been, he's the running back too now, but he's been a phenomenal running back, but Aftis only has one win to show for it. Granted, he has a Based all of his losses are close, close losses, very bad beats, the worst of anyone in the league. But, I mean, it all comes down to the wins and losses. So now that you're not really getting the same Eckler protection as you as you were and you haven't made any subsequent moves to uh, replace that production anywhere, I mean, I don't see how your outlook is essentially better. And so if right. you're a one-in-three team, I mean – you're essentially projected to be worse going forward. So maybe he'll get a, a Thursday or Friday stack correction before the buzzer to uh, put him over Nate, but we'll see. That's wishful thinking. Uh, right, number, yeah. num- number four, we have Tucker. Um, Tucker putting up points, but a down week. 
this week in terms of his his entire team, really, um, Patriots D excluded. But I got the win over him. Felt pretty good doing it. But uh, what are your thoughts on Tucker's team? Because I, I, pro- I have some takes that I'm curious to see if you yeah. agree with. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his team. Um, you know, I definitely think that you have Pat Mahomes. You always have a shot to, you know, For pull sure. up any sort of upset. Um, Kamara, uh, Kamara, I think, is going to, you know, continue to play well, and he's going to get better once Drew Brees comes. So I like the outlook of him getting better. I mean, Kittle and Juju, I think, are struggling right now not products of them, but products of their environment. Jimmy G getting back from that ACL injury, he's not 100% back. Mason Rudolph just each week is going to get more and more of the playbook thrown his way. So I do see both of them getting better where they're at right now is, you know, their talent level. As long as they stay healthy, they should end the season averaging more than where they're at right now. Um, so I like that big four of, you know, quarterback and three skill players. You've got Mahomes, Kamara, Juju, and Kittle where I still, you know, am buying into all of them. One thing that I am nervous about, though, is the Pats are averaging 22 points for him. He has the highest yeah. defense and kicker, like, pairing at 31 points. So, I mean, if you're only getting half of that, what does the future look like for him? But, uh, um, you know, he's put up the third most points, and he's had the most points scored against him. So, um, I think something's got to give there, and if, even if both sides of those numbers drop a little bit, I still like the um, you know top end talent that he's got. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think if um, once you get past Patrick Mahomes, it's not much for Tucker. Yes, once you have Patrick Mahomes in your lineup you're going to have a shot in every single game you play. Uh, I of all people know that more than anyone having lost to basically just Patrick Mahomes in the championship. Um, And it sucked, but like we saw Mahomes have an albeit rare down week this week, down week as in 20 points. I mean, what a fucking world, but Tucker's team didn't do enough, even with the skilled players he has to, like supplement that that loss in value that Mahomes left on the table. Um, yes, Kittle was on by having him in the tight end spot will help a yeah, lot. Worst week but, across the board, which I think was the issue there though. Kamara's not going to put up twelve like more often than not. Juju had five. But, Ridley see, had but the six. Thing, I mean, that was just across the board where these guys more at like more than fifty percent chance should be at least double digits, which would have changed the outcome of that game. I know for sure. Like I, I can see that I, I caught Tucker on a good week. I'm not trying to say that like every given week I am better than Tucker, but if you look at Kamara, for instance, yes, he's the running back five. So you look at him and you're like, Oh, super consistent, uh, a boom player every week. That's not the case. I mean, huge game week one, week two, seven points, huge game week three, last week, 11 points. Like he's very inconsistent. So you, I mean, small sample size. First four games. Small like, sample size, but that—that's what we're going off of. That's what we have to work with so far. We can't. I mean, last, last year, year is irrelevant. Last year I mean, is irrelevant in terms of fantasy. I'm just saying, in terms of the player himself, like he should be able to get more than you know, 15 points a game. The seven-point game, Drew Brees went injured, got injured, so everything is thrown out the window when Teddy Bridgewater has to walk in that door mid-game. And then this one, yes, was a low-scoring output across the board. So, but I think that if you look at the season's end, are you going to say he had eight games? 
below 15? Do you really think he's going to have eight games, especially with Drew Brees coming well, back? Well, no. Three, four I weeks? mean, Drew Brees will come back, but if, but the, Saints keep then, win- if the Saints keep winning, there's not going to be a, necessarily a rush to get Brees back. Um, they'll just let that thumb heal completely before they put him back. I mean, it, again, it just depends on if they keep winning. Um, but so far, so good for them. Um, but uh, going past Kamara, Wayne Gallman, you thought he would be a, a must-start or a viable start for six weeks. Like you said, Saquon's coming back faster than anyone could have imagined. So Wayne Gallman might yeah, be irrelevant that is, in a week That is or concerning. Two. His, his RB2 is very concerning. I will admit that. Right, um, and like he would be I looking mean, at Cohen or something if once Goldwyn is back on the bench. Right, and I'm not gonna spend too much more time on Juju because everyone knows my thoughts on Juju at this point. But yeah, I mean, you got the done chain. I know how you're yeah, feeling, but I think Mason yeah. Rudolph will also be a little bit better at you know getting I, over I 200 know. yards. I don't like, know. I, I mean, right now they're keeping it very vanilla for him because these are his I, first I real starts. I don't believe so. I mean, you fucking have Jalen Samuels throwing Juju the ball, so I, I don't see uh, I don't see much of a. He's projecting a, twelve right now. I think like I think he should be at least being projected fifteen. You know, as the year goes on, like they're just really I mean, on him for, rightfully so. His quarterback is buns, but he can be projected whatever he wants. I mean, he's going to come under that projection, um, but. Back-to-back down weeks for Calvin Ridley. I expect that to change. I mean, that's the one optimism I have. So, And then once uh, Tyreek Hill. Kittle, you don't expect him to change? Well, I I already talked about Kittle. I I said Kittle's, I mean, a great addition to the lineup. But McCole Hardman will most likely be uh, very, very, very boom-bust once Hill comes back. So, I mean, because they're essentially the same same role. And then Robbie. I think Robbie and Tate are decent for a flex play. I mean, not nothing to write yeah. home to mom about, you know, nothing right. to write home to your boys about. But Mahomes right. can should over overtake, you know, the lost five six points here and there for some of the other positions. Right, and I, I guess that's the the overarching point that we're kind of just like brushing aside is that Mahomes he does die. have, yeah, he has Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Mahomes so chances die. are he's going to put up like 140 points for a week because Mahomes will put up like 70 by himself. So I guess we'll see. I mean, Mahomes always gives you a shot. So uh, moving on, number three, we have myself. Uh, I'm not going to talk about myself too much because obviously I'm bi- <laughs> I'm biased. Hey, fuck you. We both had my we both had me number three. So uh, yeah, what do you yeah, yeah. Uh, record record aside? Uh, what do you like about my team? Yeah, smooth. Tell me what you like first, right? Um, I mean, I really enjoy that you – all that matters. I really like the running backs that you have. Same reason why I was high on Juju a second ago. I'm high on Connors that I think eventually Mason will get better to where at the very least um, Connors is averaging that or maybe a little bit more. Um, Carson, same deal. As the season progresses, that uh, Seattle turns into that true powerhouse where you know Carson's getting two touchdowns a game and running for a hundred. So I like the upside with both of your running backs, Keenan Allen. You know he's a stud. Um, I think Hopkins will turn it around. It's not his fault. It's not Hopkins Watson's fault either. It's that offensive line is still trash. Some um, booty. Yeah, booty. I mean, and you're riding with Stafford, which I mean, quarterbacks like he's still at a position where you would expect 300 yards and two touchdowns. The tight end space is suspect. The um, I really enjoy your bench and flex options. So you got depth to make a trade if you wanted to try to package a Connors and you know a Terry McLaren for maybe that next tier up of skill player. Um, 
You're one of the benefits from the defense and kicker, averaging fourth highest in the league at 21 points from your defense and kicker. Um, so that's that's positive. One thing that I will say, just shifting to the left now on you is, I mean, you're ranked third, but you're still the sixth highest point scored, eighth, lo- eighth lowest point scored against. Whereas everybody else we've been talking about and will talk about, you know, I mean, you're not that far off our top five and you're just coming in at six. But I will say there is a gap um, between people like Ben and Tucker and the next folks where it's like 60, 70 points difference between those two. So there is some gap between what I think is the top, top tier. Um, but I still think that, you know, your team is projecting up because of those skill players eventually just getting more work, getting more touchdowns um, as yeah. the season goes on. Agreed. I mean, it definitely was not the the start I imagined for Connor and I mean, even Hopkins really, uh, they definitely have the talent to turn around, but not the start. So just hope, have to hope they uh, turn around, but yeah, if anyone's interested in trading, uh, hit me up. Um, It's got that depth. If you want that one for two piece right there. Great, great depth. Um, But we move on to our top two. Number two, David, uh, another uh, convincing win this week was not the high scoring team, but still put up points, did enough to get the dub. Um, his team, I mean, looks pretty good top to bottom. I can't really find a necessarily glaring weakness, um, but I mean, he has been beat before, so I guess you just got to catch him on the on the right week. But I mean, what do you? what do you see as kind of an opportunity for David's team? Cause I, I honestly like genuinely I'm struggling to see an opportunity for him. Yeah. I mean, like uh, when it comes to David's team, like to this point in the season, just looking at four weeks, which, you know, if you're just looking at this year, isn't crazy sample size. He's got a power five. You know, we've been talking about power fours, including the, the quarterback and he's got Russ Chubb, Julio, a Jones and Lockett. It, kills me to say that Lockett is doing as well as he is because I just want to imagine him as a poor man's Percy Harvin still. But, <laughs> um, I mean, he's got those five that are really plugging away right now for him. Um, he's got, you know, Greg the Leg, who's still putting up a crap ton of field goals um, for the Rams. Delaney Walker looks healthy this year. I mean, when you've got Brandon Cooks or um, MBS as, like, your flex plays, that's solid. But the one, one area of concern that there would be, I guess, is just, um, you know, no bench plays. So, you know, Royce Freeman would be the first guy or MBS that had to come off the bench if somebody got hurt. Um, but, you know, th- those players are doing well. Like, he's second in points scored um, in the league. He's put up 250-point uh, games. you got two quarterbacks that, you know, are basically in the top five. So, um, I'm really liking his team right now. really think that they can stay healthy that, you know, and do what they're doing right now, that they can win, win a lot. Right. I mean, the the starting lineup he has right now, I assume, is what he's going with this week. They're averaging 148 points per game uh, combined, so that's Yee, pretty buddy. fucking good. Uh, that'll yeah. get you uh, a lot of wins throughout the course of the season if you maintain that production. And based on his team, I, I think they can. I don't, I don't see yeah. any necessary regression coming his way. It's not like a, a Christian or, excuse me, a, an Eftis where um, – like you have another guy returning that will take away from the guy that you're relying on so much. Uh, Christian's right. guys are the guy and they're performing. So, or sorry, David's guys are the guys yeah. and they're performing. So, um, I mean, 
this might be getting touchdowns, which is really helping. Which right. I mean, it's always hard to project who's going to you know be in the top half in touchdowns, you know, in some of these skill positions. But Chubb's getting touchdowns, Jones is getting touchdowns, you know, Russ is flinging it, and then you know Lockett is catching them. So um, Julio is just all around just being a monster, like always. But yeah, as always. So, um, yeah, with Davis' team, this might be the real deal. Like, he he might be legitimate season long. Uh, regardless of the points against, you. I mean, you can't control who you play. You can't control your other team. Uh, defense isn't a thing in fantasy football uh, as far as uh, containing your opponent. Um, so, right. all you can control is how many points you score, and David's scoring points. So, this might be... Uh, the real deal. But speaking of scoring points, uh, obviously that leaves Ryan, the only undefeated team. Um, it is not by chance that Top he dog. is uh, the um, undefeated and the number one uh, team. He is backing it up. He has the most points scored in the league. Um, cut it a little close this week, but a win is a win regardless. Um, fifth most points against. So like I said, it's not by chance. He's earned it. Uh, he is... 4 0. Um, he survived Bell's bye week. He's he's fucking rolling Kenyon Drake out there and still has the most points scored. <laughs> rolling um, him out with confidence. He's like, yeah, it doesn't even matter what he puts up. Yeah, like, I know. I mean, what a fucking world. But um, where is the opportunity for uh, a, an opponent playing Ryan to, uh, to beat him and finally knock him off that uh, undefeated pedestal? Yeah. yeah, I was trying to think about that. And I mean, I know um, it basically comes down to if Burfitt can, you know, get that appeals and come back and play, and you just send out hit orders <laughs> on these guys. Because, like, he needs people to go down, and not just one guy, because, you know, it, he's being led by Lamar Jackson, uh, now David Johnson, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, T.Y., you know, just absolute, like, dogs. And his bench is Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Matt Brito, who, I mean, can still you can say 10 points if needed. Marvin Jones, who's, you know, possession guy in the PPR league, is always nice to have. Um, he's getting work, uh, good work from his tight end and Pat Lindsay. So, you know, you would need several guys, honestly, to go down off his team to really, you know, try to withstand something. He can have guys put up zero and still probably put up 130 points easy. So right now I'm not really seeing anything other than, you know, perfect just coming out here and, and in people's lives. Yep. We will see. I mean, that's, if there's ever a reason to uh, regress Vontaze Burfecht reason, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, he'll be looking for uh, a job anywhere he can get one. So, I mean, you might be able to get him for the cheap somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of annoying. Cause I feel like Ryan always gets off to these good starts and kind of just coasts uh, through the season without much uh like stress so it's very annoying but it, it's continued for him you got to give him credit credit where credit is due right, right. Um, at least right now because i do think lamar jackson is probably the one thing where you just hope that he keeps putting up these video game numbers like pat mahomes you kind of expect it um lamar jackson just does a little bit different so it's not always as e- as easy to quickly accept that he's going to do it but That'd be that'd be the one area if he comes back down to earth and starts putting up twenty point games as opposed to thirty five. Yep. Um, but moving on, a little bit of cleanup. Obviously, this is uh, the post waiver uh, episode, so we'll let you know what's going on. Uh, Scary Terry Nate added Jalen Samuels for twenty two dollars. Kind of a high price to pay for a backup running back, but I mean mm. he's getting production and Nate needs a running back, so he. 
he outbid Tucker by ten dollars uh, for the rights to Jalen Samuels. Um, another one, Christian's trying to solve his quarterback problems by adding Teddy Bridgewater for eight dollars. Uh, mm. Probably a plus mat plus matchup this week against Tampa Bay, so we'll see if that pays off. Um, I actually. I added Geronimo Allison for $8. Christian also placed a bid for Geronimo Allison for $8, but because he won the previous bid, that knocked him down in the the tiebreaker order and gave me the uh, rights to Geronimo Allison. So uh, I I like Geronimo. I like this. I like him this week uh, with um, Devonta Adams most likely not playing. Um, But a couple other ones of note. You starting him though? Uh, I'm not revealing my secrets. I'm not letting yeah, anyone get the upper hand. Don't don't start that man. Don't start that man. <laughs> he might have been um, okay eight dollars on the waiver wire, but don't start that man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, nothing else really of note. Just kind of your normal uh, ad drops. I will say, Eftis has been like trying to sneakily add Chris Herndon for like four weeks now, um, but he's added and dropped him so many times that everyone saw it coming. So because he played his own hand or showed his uh, own hand, he bid $3 for Chris Herndon, who is still suspended this week and uh, no one else bid on him. So Eftis going to have this. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> You're too high on my power rankings to be making moves like that. Eftis going to have this. All right. So <laughs> we're going to uh, analyze, run through all the matchups in the NFL this week. We'll kind of do them a rapid fire uh, method where we obviously go through the method or uh, go through the matchups, talk about the lines, what we like, and then specifically any players uh, of note, whether it's good or bad. Um, so we'll start with the Thursday game. And that is one. Uh, Rams at Seahawks. Uh, de- yeah, definitely a game to keep your eye on um, Rams coming off a huge Basically embarrassing loss, like fifty-five points to the Bucks. No one saw that coming. Trash. Seahawks. Trash. Uh, I mean, they lost a tough one to the Saints two weeks ago. Bounce back against Cardinals. Light work, but it's always a good matchup when these two teams meet. Right now, the Seahawks are one and a half point favorites. So, Gary, um, of everyone in this matchup, um, who's one guy you have your eye on, whether it's good or bad? Um, so, in this, I would probably say Todd Gurley. Um, I'm feeling like they reserve games for them. Um, and I think this is a game where it's like, Hey, it'll be low scoring. They're not going to come out and give up that many points again. So it'll be kind of a ground pound game. You might see a season high in terms of carries for them. I think 20 plus touches, 25, maybe for Todd Gurley. So, yep. That would, that would be a record for this year. Um, definitely something Nate is looking for, for Gurley. I was going to do the running backs, um, because, like early, I'm intrigued to see if Chris Carson will continue to get the workload that the Seahawks are oh, hoping get that he, work. Can, he can sustain. Um, but because you went girly, I will go Robert Woods. Um, Robert Woods was the beneficiary Ooh. of a shootout last week. Um, but like you said, and everyone knows, Cooper Cup's the guy now. It's not Robert Woods necessarily anymore. Well, he so doesn't we'll have fit to see. the system. Yeah, we'll have to see if Robert Woods can uh, survive a non-shootout matchup. Uh, but moving on, next game on the docket, we have Cardinals at Bengals. Someone's got to win this game unless they uh, don't. Do I they? guess they could tie. I guess they could tie. Um, I mean, I don't think a lot of teams in the league have investments. Obviously, you're going to start David Johnson, most likely Joe Mixon. That, that's probably – I mean, that's 
a given. Mm. Um, but outside of those mm. two, are you really looking to start anyone else in this in this matchup? Um, I mean, I guess you know if it's a three quarterback league, you throw in Kyler or something. <laughs> Happy to see. I I can't remember who it was, but somebody finally took him out for Brissett. Whoever did that, great call because I mean I think Kyler Murray is good. Yeah, great call, Nate. I mean, I think Kummer is good. He's fun to watch, but, you know, he can only be so fun when it's a 12 to 8 game. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bengals three-point favorites. I would actually take the Cardinals in that matchup. I think uh, Kyler finally has a good game uh, start to finish. So we will see. Next game, uh, we have the possible Josh Allen-less Bills going to Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. No matter what the over-under is, I would still take the under. I think it's just going to be a pure defensive affair. Um yucky. Chris Yucky, uh, you're going to start uh, Derrick Henry. Um, you're most likely going to start Frank Gore. But is there anyone else you're thinking about for this matchup? Ooh, I mean, only because you probably just did it by accident and forgot him. Delaney Walker, he's still on the Titans. <laughs> yeah, right? that's that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, outside of that, no. I mean, you know, Beasley, Trash. John Brown trash. At least to start, they're right. They're right in real life, but to start, no. Don't even watch the game either. Like, no need for updates <laughs> yeah. here. Yep, this is going to be the game that uh, Red Zone never shows because the final score nope. is going to be like nine to three. We're going to dare a ninety-nine yard run. And you'll be like, what the yeah. fuck? And that'll be the only part of the game this is, you ever care about. This is the prime game where Derrick Henry would have would do some shit <laughs> like that. So, yeah, maybe Nate will benefit from that. Uh, moving on, speaking of quarterbacks that are injured, Bears travel to Oakland. Um, Chicago five-and-a-half-point favorites there without Mitchell Trubisky, which honestly might be a good thing for them. Um, Return of the I, Mac. I, yeah, Mac's uh, revenge game. So I expect back, big baby. things. Big things, I wouldn't – I mean, unless you're starting them out of necessity, I would not start a single Raider. I think it's going to be very, very ugly for the Raiders against Chicago. I think you could just throw Khalil Mack out there by himself, and he would uh, hold the Raiders to under 21 points. Um, yep. But, I mean, is there – there's probably some guys that might be worth a look, but is there anyone in particular you're kind of excited about? Um, you know, I just want to see if that boy Terrell Williams will get another touchdown. I think he's riding that hmm. what was last yeah. year's Calvin Ridley's wave of, you know, you know you shouldn't start him, but when you get a touchdown now four weeks in a row, I mean, I guess you got to right. Where yeah, you got to roll with him. So right until he stops, keep him in there, and I mean, I don't think Bears will shut him out. So I think somebody's got to get a tutty, whether it's Waller, Jacobs, or you know Williams. I mean, I don't think right? we. Right? I don't think you. Right? Ha- someone has right? to score a touchdown, but right? we'll see. I mean, um, Vikings got six, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it took like their final drive, but they got six. Um, someone I'm excited to see is David Montgomery. I think without Mitchell Trubisky, they might rely more on the running game. Uh, I hope that David Montgomery gets something going. Like he's had the opportunity, he just hasn't done anything with it. I hope he does something with it this game because he's going to have the touches, but Sounds it needs like to materialize. Like, you can't even be my keeper, bro. What the hell? <laughs> I know. What the Sounds fuck? Like, I was like, you really ain't doing nothing now <laughs> or even next year. I don't believe anymore, David. 
<laughs> uh, next game we have Bucks at Saints. Should be a good game. Um, New Orleans three point favorites. Uh, are you rolling out all your Bucks without hesitation after last week? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I think that the Saints know what's good in the Superdome. I think they look at that 50 point game and. You know, they still might be able to put up, you know, three touchdowns. Um, they're flinging it, the Bucks are, but um, I still think the Saints are just going to find a way, um, whether it's a field goal at the end or something like that, Saints got this one. Yep, Saints are good football team, good coach football team. So, uh, yeah, I-, I could see that happening. Uh, Michael next... is going to have 300 yards and three touchdowns. You're going to hear first. Yeah, for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> next game. Like that. <laughs> next game. Vikings five and a half point favorites over your what? Giants. Your five Giants and five a and a half. half. Five and, and a half. And a half. Don't forget the half. <laughs> Vegas. It's legal uh, out there, you know. So all they're doing <laughs> is losing money with this shit. Um, are you starting any of your Giants with confidence? Maybe outside of Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, you would still have to um, figure that um, Daniel Jones has felt the connection with um, Sterling Shepard since he's been in the game. You know, at least in targets, seven receptions the past two weeks. So, if nothing else, that's seven points right there. So, um, I think you know, Evan Ingram's a safe bet for at least, you know, 13 to 15. And if he gets a tutty, that's even better. Um, so, he's somebody that I would. And I still would with Goldman. Again, you know, PPR league, the system is still built on getting the running back the ball in space, um, whether it's a pass or a run. So uh, both those guys I think are worth outside of Ingram. Ingram's the one that it's like, oh, if you're going to bet 25 points or more, you'd probably have to be the one. But I think you still do. But the Giants will win by at least at least seven, so it won't even matter. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of weed, you need to stay. You need to speaking of weed, you need to stay off of it. Um, but yeah, in oh, a terrible man, no tight end landscape, <laughs> in a terrible tight end landscape, Evan Ingram is a must start, and that only increases when you factor in bye weeks. So yeah, Ingram with confidence. Next matchup: Eagles thirteen and a half point favorites over the Jets. Uh, I don't know. Make if it more. Sam Darnold. Make it more. I don't know if Sam Darnold will play this week, but regardless, don't I, uh, I, I like the Eagles a lot. I think the Eagles found their mojo after a, kind of a tough loss against the Falcons in week two. Um, big win last week against the Packers, uh, kind of a prove it win, show the, uh, everyone that they're still here. They're not going anywhere. Um, who do you like uh, outside of Le'Veon Bell and Carson Wentz in this matchup to kind of uh, be that X factor? Yeah, um, I think this is definitely a solid um, Zach Ertz welcome, welcome to 2019 season game. I know he's been all right. I don't know if he's had that big game yet, but I think no, I, not yet. See him getting, I definitely see him having like that two-touchdown game. I know the linebacking core is what's been rough for the Jets, so they might have some of those players back now. Don't really know. Don't really care. They're going to get popped like 35-10. Jamal Adams is going to be blown to shit, but <laughs> they're still going to get that work. He already removed Jets from the bio, so I don't know what's next. Like uh, wearing like a blank jersey out on the field. Yeah, he's gonna pull that move where he quits at halftime. <laughs> Retires, straight up retired. <laughs> uh, no, just quit. He's like, I'm <laughs> gonna play again. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm just quitting on y'all. He's just gonna sit down in the middle of the field. <laughs> Adam Gates uh, is gonna look at him all crazy, like, damn. 
Kind of an interesting line to me is Baltimore only three and a half point favorites over the Steelers. Uh, they are traveling to Pittsburgh. They always play each other tough, but it does seem a little low to me. I like the Ravens in this game, but it, it also it's one of those games that makes me think, does Vegas know something I don't, which the answer is always yes. Um, but Steelers defense is still legit. It only got better after adding Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, so is this kind of a trap game for your Ravens stars or are you still starting them with confidence? Um, I'm probably not starting any of the receivers. Um, I think Mark Ingram, I mean, yeah, no, Mark Andrews, um, he'll still probably have a good game just out of pure number of receptions and targets that he gets, but I don't think yards will really pop off. Um, I wouldn't start any of those players outside of like Ingram and Lamar Jackson. Um, I think, yeah, it'll probably be like a, 17 or 21 point um, um, total for the Ravens, but they'll win with that. Um, but I think all those touchdowns are going to come from Lamar or, you know, maybe the one, one yard goal line run in by Ingram. Yep. I agree. I can definitely see that happening. We'll see if Lamar can keep it up against a, a tougher defense. Uh, next matchup might be an ugly matchup, but also ugly, but kind of cool. Cause it's a football matchup. We have Jaguars, Panthers, it's going to be a defensive affair, battle of the backup quarterbacks. Gardner fucking Minshew trying to do it again. Um, I mean, it's the same deal. Most of these matchups you're going to start the running backs because that's just the way it works. But are there any receivers or tight ends in the this matchup that you like? Um, there's one guy on the Jaguars that I was um, sleep on, DJ Clark Jr. I did not know how well of a season he's been having, and it's you know, partially been a little bit of the, the touchdown game, but um, in pure targets, he's been getting getting looks and he's been getting more receptions since Minshew came in. So I think that he's somebody worth starting. Secondary for um, Panthers isn't anything to write home about. They got some good players still, but um, I think he might be somebody um, if you need to start somebody else outside of that. Yep, I can, I can see that. But for the most part, anyone you start is going to be uh, like just – you're you're hoping for a touchdown. Um, Jaguars com- came out today and said again that they're not trading Jalen Ramsey, so we'll have to see who plays Sunday. Um, I'm calling another- an idiot. <laughs> uh, no- <laughs> I forgot. There's a deep animosity there. Um, Just idiots, idiocy. One matchup we definitely don't have to talk about is Patriots Redskins. Patriots only fifteen, <laughs> only only fifteen point favorites. Uh, I'm, I'm pounding that that lower. I'm taking the Patriots. You're starting all the Patriots and twice on Sunday. Um, and if you're starting over Redskins under one player, and a half quarterbacks play, over under one and a half quarterbacks play, over for the Redskins alone. Over. Ooh. Um. Colt, yeah. Colt finally gonna get some love. Hey, Colt starts Colt? and then Colt starts and uh, Gruden Don't is Don't tell me you bring in Dwayne twice. Don't yeah, tell me he, you bring Dwayne yeah, he, he twice. Yeah, he goes in Dwayne. He's going to ruin Dwayne's career before he even starts. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's the fucking Redskins for you. Uh, last 1 o'clock game, we have the Falcons-Texans. Should be a good game. Houston looking mm-hmm. to bounce back. Falcons looking to bounce back. I predict a shootout. We'll have to see if the Texans – I mean, battle of the – Two of the worst O lines in football, um, and two pretty good defensive lines. Two pretty good defensive lines, though. That's why I'm uh, nervous. I, mean, I think like it could be good, but I just see like Deshaun just getting sacked and sacked and sacked, and like if he doesn't get two sixty plus like touchdowns, whether it's running or throwing, 
I don't know. I get I get nervous every time I look at that. I watch them play and see that O line. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely not pretty, but obviously, whereas most matchups, you're starting your running backs, this matchup, you're starting your receivers. So oh, yeah. Yeah, Hopkins, Julio, Ridley. Yeah, you're you're going to start them. Uh, and, Don't sleep on Hooper. I, I've been here. Uh, yeah, Hooper. Go, yeah, coming yeah, around Hoop. here the last couple of weeks. Don't be sleep. <laughs> hey, we admitted we were wrong. We admitted we were wrong. I know. Yeah, Hooper's probably, probably safe, I remembered. I, I thought about him anyway. <laughs> um, four o'clock matchup. We have the winless Broncos going to LA. Uh, Chargers six mm. and a half point favorites. The return of Melvin Gordon, uh, Bradley Chubb out for the year Dark for the Broncos. Um, so yeah, are you starting all your Chargers, especially uh, a game at home? Yep. Start start both running backs. One league, I have them both. I'm just saying to hell with it. I'm putting them both in because they're going to get like 250 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I, I really messed up there, but I'd say start both of those guys. Yep, I can definitely see it, and uh, with them easing Melvin Gordon back into action, uh, yeah, it could be a, a good game for both. Um, game of the week. Uh, well, I'm sure it's America's game of the week. We have Packers Cowboys. Dallas three and a half point favorites. Ooh. Uh, I mean, I, I like mm-hmm. the Packers a lot in this game. I like them to win. Um, I think the Packers are legit. I think that defense is still underrated, and despite how good they looked. The Eagles, I mean, are they're just a good team, and that's why they put up points, but the Packers' defense is still very good in my mind. We saw the Cowboys mm-hmm. go up against a good good team last week and get straight up exposed. I, I, I think more of the same in this matchup, but what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a little bit, you know, meet somewhere in the middle. I don't think Dallas is going to put up, you know, 30-plus, but I don't think they're going to put up another 10-piece, somewhere in that 20 range um, for both. But I think it will come down to whichever whichever team has it has the ball last. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to lose another game-winning drive, and Dak's definitely not going to um, – I'm pretty sure it was a game-winning drive that he was trying to go on um, that end <laughs> of the game. It anyway. was something. So some, yeah, something's got to give there. I think that whoever has the ball last will win this game. Uh yeah, uh, I think the Packers win by two scores. Um, but Ooh. Sunday night game we have Colts traveling to the Chiefs. Chiefs eleven point favorites. Uh, if there's no T Y Hilton, which right now it looks like he's playing, but if there's no T Y Hilton, I like the Chiefs by a million. Um, obviously yeah. with Patrick Mahomes, like we talked about, you're gonna start him every matchup regardless of who it is. But you're also most likely going to start pieces around him because of Patrick Mahomes. So start your Chiefs, Colts. Uh, I, I do like Brissett this week. Um, and Every week, it, I love that man. Yeah, and if he's efficient as all hell, scoring a lot of touchdowns. Um, but if Hilton's out, I especially like the tight ends this week, both Ebron and Jack Doyle. That's why I picked up Ebron Ooh. to replace Hawkinson on the uh, the bye week. Um, but without Hilton, I, I do like the tight ends this week. Um, Doyle somehow still alive after the hit from uh, Vontaze yeah. Perfect. Um, but we'll yeah, see. My, con- my concern here, my concern here is um, solely around more about Marlon Mack. Um, I think that's that true. if they don't have him, because that's just the fact that they were able to run the ball, you know, 20, 25 times, they haven't been able to do that since Joseph Adai, you know, way back <laughs> when. So yeah, Joseph what up Joseph Adai. So the fact that like he's been there has like, Edrin James. Yeah. And so I think that's opened up more um, for that offense than any of this, 
like wide receivers or tight ends. So if he plays, at least it's worth watching. I think it'll be, you know, something close to a shootout, 40 to 28, um, but they still lose handedly. Um, but if they don't have Mac, I think it's, you know, turn it off by halftime. Yeah, it very well might be that way. Um, and then last matchup of the week, Monday night matchup, we have the Browns rejuvenated, traveling to the, the Browns, baby. San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 49ers, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Browns can continue. But, uh, Gary, uh, it's your ex-lover, Odell Beckham. He, very disappointing week last week. Do you like him to bounce back this week? Richard Sherman um, on him. Right. I mean, I'm just more upset that he lost his earring than anything else. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think the 49ers are the fakest undefeated team. Um, I mean, not just in the league, but in some time. I think that they're good, but they, you know, will end up being under 500 this year. So enjoy the 3-0 and while it lasts. I think the Browns win this handedly. Um, I think that the Browns, as the season goes on, will get better. Pretty Kitchens learning on the fly. Baker is still learning on the fly. Um, but I think that their run game is going to really what propels them again, the Browns. Um, and I think OBJ obviously has a better game. Um, nothing spectacular. I like, you know, the, the complimentary pieces that they have. But I think the Browns went handedly in this one. Yep. Uh, this is still a new uh, core, uh, a new group for the uh, Browns. Um, so they're they're learning on the fly, like you said, new head coach, new system, uh, guys working together, building rapport. So we'll see if they can continue off of last week, uh, build on what they uh, got going. But uh, it'll also be a, a statement win in my mind for the 49ers if they can pull it off at home on Monday night. So we shall see. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy E. Jimmy, Jimmy G. Is the mo- Jimmy he's e. the most handsome Jimmy guy. E. He's the most handsome guy. So, But he's uh, Jimmy E. Jimmy. He's still not cuter than Tom Brady. Jimmy Eat World. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, longer episode this week, but we are going to wrap it up with our final segment, and that is uh, basically a hindsight segment. We're going to review the draft um, and basically, knowing what we know now, talk about what moves we would have done differently um, and uh, kind of just uh, a, a review of draft season and uh, see how things might have been different had we been smarter and had the benefit of hindsight. Um, so just a couple of uh, decisions. We're not going to spend too much time on this because obviously long season still to be played. It could change. Uh, but Gary, you, like myself, a lot of trades. Uh, you and I actually traded together. Mm-hmm. What is one move in hindsight you would have made or would not have made? Um, yeah, so I was looking at it, and definitely, you know, the biggest one probably was the the big flip that I made, you know, not just moving from third uh, overall to first to get Saquon, but then subsequently what allowed me to move up to 10th for Michael Thomas. Um you know, probably in hindsight, you know, maybe not have done the, the Michael Thomas trade, kept that second and third round pick um, just because what Drew Brees has done for him so far, like, has hurt that feeling. But, you know, probably would have still uh, – it would have been a coin flip if I would have done it over again or not. But I think I probably still would have done both trades in totality because I'm looking at, you know, the board and the places I would have been if had I just, like, even stayed where I was would have been – Chris McCaffrey, A.B. would have came to me in the second round, and then Stephon Diggs would have probably been who I chose too. A lot of those guys, I probably would be in a worse spot 
um, now than where I would be otherwise. Um, just in my mind, AB not going to come back at all this year. Stephon Diggs has no ceiling um, anymore because of Kirk Cousins. Whereas, you know, there's at least optimism with both Michael Thomas um, being able to come back and be better than both of those players. Yep. That's probably the toughest part there. Um, I mean, 100% drafting cream in the seventh. Um, I mean, hell, I probably would have done it sooner and not. Oh, no, Sammy Watkins was, was after him. So, okay, uh, smart move by me. Smart move by me. But, <laughs> but, um, I was, I'm honestly just sick because I was looking at it and the t- uh, next pick that I had after Michael Thomas because there was like two rounds in between um, is when I got Tevin Coleman. And the list of running backs that went all in the round before me um, just breaks my heart because Mark Ingram, <laughs> Philip Lindsay, James White, Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, even uh, uh, Montgomery um, would have been probably all right because he would have at least been playing over Tevin Coleman. But, you know, the pe- the ones that went right after are Cohen, Miles Sanders, Lamar Miller, Kenyon Drake. There was Eckler in there, so that's probably the maybe the biggest thing. If In hindsight, going back and getting Eckler, if I would have been able to have Eckler and, um, you know, the team that I had, I would have probably been at least two and two right now with right. still optimism in my mind um, with uh, Thomas and Barkley trajectories going up. So oh, a couple of different things, but nothing crazy, honestly, for me, what I really have changed. I think I just fortunately got some tough injuries to start the season. Yep. I mean, injury, uh, hindsight's a beautiful thing, uh, but it can also piss you off uh, like no other. Um, For me in particular, I'm going to stick to that round that you just mentioned. I took David Montgomery in the fourth. Um, I I, I don't have problems with the trades I've made pre-draft. I do think um, that it would have been easier had I just stayed pat, but – there was guys I wanted, guys I felt like I had to move around for, and with our league being so unpredictable and not like most other leagues I'm in, I felt like I had to do something to ensure I got guys that I really wanted. Um, but David Montgomery was someone I took because of the guys I wanted before him were gone. Uh, guys like Mac, uh, Carson, Carrion Johnson, Josh Jacobs, they were all gone well before I thought they would go. Um, that's just because uh, guys like reaching on running backs because obviously running backs um, – are, are few and far between. Right. So I took David Montgomery for upside alone, but you just named some of the guys that went after him. Uh, Derek Henry is the next running back taken. James White, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and then you took Tevin Coleman. Um, Derek Henry's the big one. I was just scared that the Titans wouldn't give him the ball enough because Derek Henry needs basically 20 carries to be productive. Um, right. Which, if he gets that, he will be productive. Uh, more often than not, it's just I was scared that they would be behind in a lot of games and wouldn't be giving him the ball. So that's why I was kind of scared away from Henry. Um, and then I was very down on James White this year because I thought Sony would be better. And uh, Ingram, I just wasn't sure. Because, yeah, Ingram, I wasn't sure about just because I thought Lamar Jackson would run it more and that would hurt Ingram. But he looks like a viable uh, RB1 uh, especially through four weeks um, in a, a good offense. So I think I got the worst of the bunch uh, in, out of those four with uh, David Montgomery, although I do like David Montgomery, David Montgomery's upside, but uh, I wish I had something to show for it more than what I've got now. Um, and then, I mean, I, I can tell you, I can say Andrew Luck again, but I'm not going to, 
go down that rabbit hole. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, if I had known he was going to fucking retire an hour after the draft, I wouldn't have drafted him, um, believe it or not. Uh, but um, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe the, my opinion will change uh, as the season goes on. Maybe there's an injury and we're like, oh, well, no, 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 no. I would have gone this guy right. or, or that guy or right. whatever. Um, and but, I definitely don't want to harp on it too much. But, like, I was looking at it and literally outside of me and um, who was a Christian were the only people that have had people that you would truly expect to be in the starting lineup get, like, injuries where it's like, okay, it's multiple games. I mean, right. that's just a product of, thankfully, there hasn't been as many, like, early season injuries. But you can see it's like, mm-hmm. you know, me and – me and um, Christian at the bottom, like, by far have been the most impacted. Not to say we mm. wouldn't be 4 no if it wasn't for that, but at least small sample size, four games in, it matters. You know, not having some of those main focal pieces like a Tyree Kill or, you know, Saquon or D-Jack right. um, for multiple weeks. Right. Um, the one guy I will say is uh, Mark Andrews. I liked Mark Andrews as a late sleeper. And Jack oh. came to me at the draft and was like, uh, what tight end should I get? At that point, he didn't have a tight end. And I was like, honestly, just go Mark Andrews. Like, I was being a good friend. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being a dick. Um, but I was too good of a friend and gave him, like, an every week tight mm-hmm. end. Um, I also was okay saying that because I was eyeing TJ Hawkinson with my last pick. I, I pretty much knew I could get him with my last pick. And right. through one week, it looked great. But then since then, it's not, not so great. You got uh, Sammy. Def- you got yeah, Sammy right there. Def- oh, definitely would. Like me. <laughs> yeah, definitely would have liked uh, Mark Andrews over TJ Hawkinson, even though I do like Hawkinson still, he just won't be as good as Mark Andrews. So, right. I mean, Mark Andrews out here looking like J- Jeremy Shockey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and rugged. Oh, my God. No left out here. Um, but yeah hindsight's a beautiful thing but it can also piss you off so i'll be curious to see how this uh list um or how this draft looks as the season progresses but uh i think that does it for this episode gary you got any final thoughts all i want to tell you all is that i'm coming i'm sitting at the bottom right now but best believe when i'm back on here in like four weeks i'll be talking about how i'm going to be even better in two weeks from then so what up Word up to Cream in the seventh, baby. Yeah, not we'll, over yet, Ryan. Not over yet. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll all be waiting for you at the finish line. You'll be the the fat guy on the team that's uh, that the captains go to run with to encourage him to finish. That, that'll be your team oh, this year. Oh, you ain't you ain't polar plunging me on this podcast. <laughs> you ain't polar plunging me on this. Oh, uh, not only are we polar plunging you, we're pulling polar plunging you with a costume. So uh, you'll be back to back toilet bowl winner. Uh, or oh, loser, no. how, however you view it. <laughs> <laughs> but start th- start start thinking about your costume now because uh yeah that that's gonna be happening and uh, I for one am excited to see you Gare Bear. Oh maybe that's it. Maybe we put Gare Bear in a Care Bear costume for the polar plunge. Who oh, says no? Don't make don't don't make me pull an Andrew Luck on you again. <laughs> you already had that happen to you once. Don't make me retire out here. I'll go Vontez perfect and get myself suspended. Full A B. 
I mean, shit, you. you almost pulled a fucking, <laughs> you you pulled a college frat boy move uh, when you lost last year. You like stopped replying for like two months, and then when I threatened to kick you out, when I threatened to kick you out of the you league, know? that's when you're like, oh my bad, I was busy with work. Oh, oh man, no, no, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was just getting my body right. I had the receipt. Needed to puke once. <laughs> I just had to practice for like three weeks. So I only had a puke once during it. The funniest part is Christian in like week nine was like doing P90X to like make it like bearable for everyone and not embarrass himself oh. completely. And then of course, Damn. when when the time comes, his team drops 200 and he doesn't even <laughs> have to worry. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Damn, I had never hit the treadmill more in my life than those three weeks. I wasn't texting anybody back. <laughs> I mean, out here at Lululemon, like, what are the best, you know, uh, leggings? Like, <laughs> leggings that I can run in so I don't get this chafed dog. I eat. Yeah. Oh man! All right, Gary. But not this Pre- year. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on. Great talking to you as always, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Um, but everyone, thanks again for listening. Long episode, I know, but uh, loved in the pod, love geeking. So uh, feel free to come on anytime. Uh, but for Gary, and my, for Gary and myself, appreciate listening. And th- as always, thank God football's yeah. back. Hey. I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. I'ma always take the money over sex. That's why they need me out the way what you expect. Got a lot of blood and it's cold. They keep trying to get me for my soul. Thankful for the women that I know Can't go 50-50 with no hope Every month I'm supposed to pay her bills and get her what she want I still got like seven years of doing what I want My dad still got child support from 1991 Out of town People love to pop a lot of shit and come around Word of Flacco Jody, he done seen us put it down Niggas asking if I'm cool, I'm upset. Hundred thousand on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. You tryna check? This is real life, niggas think we playing chess. So what's next? Jump up out the bed like I'm possessed. I go out on tour and I say I'm drinking less. End up getting loose and getting pictures from my ex. SMS, triple X That's the only time I ever shoot below the neck Why you keep on shooting if you know that nigga dead? That's the only kind of shit that gets you some respect Got a lot of blood and it's cold They keep trying to get me for my soul Thankful for the women that I know Can't go 50-50 with no hope Every month she don't even love me, she just putting on a front She gon' try and set a lot of court and make a run Then gon' ask me how I'm doing, I'm upset Half a million on my head I can't accept, yeah At least it made me feel like someone tried their best, yeah Wanna waste a half a million, be my guest Make me wanna buy vest and a tech But I'm blessed, I just check Hate me, never met me in the flesh Say she got some things she gotta come here and collect That shit is in a box to the left, to the left Got a lot of blood and it's cold 
They keep trying to get me for my soul. For my soul. Thankful for the women that I know. That I know. Can't go 50-50 with no hope. <laughs>